0: Welcome everyone to uh, Conversations in Music, as well So um, I'm David Turner, joined by a good friend, Darren Parr. Hi, Darren.
1: Uh, hello, everybody. Hi, Dave.
0: And we're also joined today with Mark Hollywood.
2: Good afternoon. Hi, Mark.
0: And Alan Jones.
2: Hi, everybody. Uh, nice to be back again. Hello, uh, Alan. Great to have yucky you. Yucky-da, yucky-da. <laughs>
1: yucky-da. <laughs> nice to have you all back again.
0: Okay, for the benefit of anyone who's listening to this for, for the first time or didn't hear the last couple of episodes, Mark is taking us through uh, his collection of 100 albums. They've been constructed through various ways. Um, we've been working our way through them, taking two episodes to get up to the eyes. Uh, we're now going to start with the album, the 49th album in, in his list, and we'll probably get another... About halfway through, we're we'll getting to the 70s on today's session. And so what I'd do is to hand this over to Mark just to give us a little bit of an intro about number forty nine on your list.
3: Thanks, Dave. And if there is anyone listening for the first time today, there is a chance to stop listening. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So right, without further ado, and uh, yeah, I've got a mug of tea here, um, and there's a, a bottle of wine, so I'm, I'm kind of swithering. So if, by the time we get to number sixty, and it's all going belly up, and I'm cracking open the wine. <laughs> so yeah, so, so J Jethro Tull, I think it is Jethro Tull's the first one. I was actually listening to this. Um, sorry, we were a bit we're, we were late, a bit late kicking off today. I was making my potato and leek soup, <laughs> and then I, I I went for a shower, and I actually stuck on Aquilon. I particularly love this album uh, the um, the opening track is the title track Aqualung and it's very it, it reminds me a bit of Black Sabbath um, Ian Henderson uh, sounds quite like Ozzy Osbourne on that opener and I love the cover of the album as well after all it's a show about uh, vinyls, it's very Dickensian, it looks like Fagin on the front um, mm-hmm. it possibly is, it's a, a kind of a hybrid of uh, Fagan and, and um, Mr. Henderson, the flautist. Uh I, I really like this album because it's just incredibly eclectic. It fo- it's folksy and it's rock uh, and a bit of prog in there as well. Uh, I love Cross-Eyed Mary. I think it's a great track. Hidden 43. Uh, it sounds a bit like if you listen to it closer and then you compare it to Led Zeppelin's Moby Dick, the the riff, the guitar riff on it is very very similar, but uh, it's it's beautiful, um, beautifully uh, compiled, and one song once again floats into the other, like Cross-eyed Mary into Mother Goose. Uh, yeah, this is in the top one hundred easily. I only get into J- Jethro Tull, um, <clears throat> Guilty as Charged after I saw a, a live concert. I think it was on Sky Arts or something like that, and uh, I thought, oh, I quite fancy getting into these chaps they seem a talented bunch and of course they were made popular again by Ron Burgundy <laughs> uh-huh. and a man, man he pulled out his flute in the restaurant and shouted at the top of his voice Aqualung so, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and uh, if I could do that with a flute um yeah I, I wouldn't be single <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> What you, what's what's
0: your take on it? Well, let me just pick up on there. And you mentioned Led Zeppelin. If I remember rightly, Jethro Tull and Led Zeppelin were recording in this in the same studios at the same time. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, and so, I th- but but Led Zeppelin, I think they had the better studios. So Jethro Tull, or Ian Anderson and gang, would wait till Led Zeppelin had finished their session, and they'd go into the uh, Led Zeppelin studio there's only two in this building because it's for the better equipment <clears throat> uh the better recording facilities
3: that i didn't know and uh, I, th- I think i um, think jethro were on island records uh they're the guys that distribute u2's island uh, island records uh that's were uh, atlantic and then went to swan song i
2: believe i think swan song was just uh, like a label under atlantic yeah uh, right okay
3: yeah. It's
2: like yeah i think because when they brought out in through the outdoor i think i remember that's the first album i remember seeing with swan song one yeah i think it's just the label under the atlantic under the atlantic main label mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's certainly my favorite of the the tull albums um stand yeah. i can just put this on yeah, and like listen to is-
2: it it yeah, sort of passed me by this one. I did um, see it a few years ago. It was a Sainsbury's limited edition, green vinyl. And um, I often see it, you know, and I think, oh, maybe I should just take a punt on that. And, um, take a chance did, on... Yeah, I think um, one of their tracks, Jethro Tull, was it covered by... Um, uh, uh, Mid-Year, Living in the Past, is that one?
0: it certainly
2: is that's a jethro toll track isn't it oh. yeah mm. i think it's on there is Major's first album solo first solo album yeah yeah something i you know i'll get into at some stage and especially as mark's now recommended it and dave <laughs> yeah. as well
1: so it passed so, yeah me as well really um they're a band i always think i should listen to and i always intend to and i never really had. I think I heard Aquilon once, but yeah, they must have so many albums as well. If they are, I'm guessing. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, they do, and I can come listen to a few over here at some point. At yeah. Darren, I can There's show you op- a few
3: of those. There's <laughs> an offer, Darren. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. it's yeah. ex- <laughs> come, come over and see my poppies. It <laughs> 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 wouldn't go that far. Oh, yeah. He always had a glint in his eye, didn't
1: he, David?
0: <laughs> always,
1: <laughs> always. So, but I will. I promise I'll listen. That'd, that'd be a <laughs> good one. So, shall we move on, John Coltrane? Yeah.
3: John Coltrane, Blue Train. Yeah, I mean, this is up there with Miles Davis. Uh, Blue. I mean, the two guys worked to uh, you know together a lot. They, they shared a lot of the same band members. Yeah, I think this came out in fifty eight. So and, and to to listen to it you wouldn't think so. It's just it's uh, for me it's a it's a masterpiece. Him and the tenor saxophone. Uh and, and the, the lovely thing about it is it's not a it's not a long, protracted album. Sometimes you get jazz albums that really do string it out to heck, you know. Mm-hmm. This one here, it's straight for the jugular. I love it. And as I said, difference between some of the stuff in the uh, late fifties. Uh, I mean, it was groundbreaking. Uh, and then the stuff that were uh, others of, of a, a lesser ilk were, were churning out in the seventies. Uh, there, there weren't a patch in, on uh, John Coltrane. I get into them. Uh, I guess when I started collecting the vinyls, just before I got in touch with David again, uh, I, I, I started to, I signed up to Vinyl Me Please. They're an American. Mm distributor of albums and what they do is they'd send you on something obscure every month so I have some very obscure albums in my collection thanks to vinyl me please
0: yeah.
3: uh to the point where I was like I actually don't really like this one and uh, I, I cut short my membership but one of the great albums I kept through the post and it was on my right bucket list was John Coltrane uh mm-hmm. Blue Train
1: yeah big thumbs up for this one fantastic nice, nice. Did you get from um, Vine and We Please? Did you get the fantastic Dilla Soul album at all? I did. Three Feet High and Rising. What a beautiful yep. The full pressing of that album, that is, by the way. Yeah,
3: yeah, and yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. I don't have that in in here. It's actually it's it's a bit like Alan's albums. It's still in the um. It's, it still hasn't been opened. Still sealed. Is it, it not? What, um, you know, I'm going to get. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a, a listen to it today. Now that you said, and I'm going to take it I, out. You might, you might like the cover.
2: Is What's it that one? it? Is that the the one with the yellow cover? Um uh, yeah. flowers and yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, I, I think no, no, you mean, yeah. Oh? Yeah. We'll uh you know? uh John Cold Train, the only one I've got, um uh Love Supreme. Yeah. Great one. one. Uh again, that's in a kind of that's um I'm, I think I started playing it and I I, I so for some reason i i just had to turn it off straight away so it's been unsealed and partly played but uh, i put it in the really in the unsealed uh in the sealed 100 um box yeah. really john
3: coltrane love supreme that gets a mention in our U two song
1: it, i was just gonna say that angel of Harlem. yeah mm. all right. yeah that's the awesome. that's the reason i started listening to a little bit of john coltrane many years ago yeah, oh, yeah. On well, the and Home album. Yeah.
3: It's just missed the top 100. It just missed it.
1: That's yeah. Like
3: half of U2 albums.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, there's... A lot of U2 albums could be in there, to be fair, couldn't they? Yeah. 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 to <laughs> got to pick that one up um, for
2: 199 that double album. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: that's... Yeah. A, again. Uh, Mark, well, I've got... don't see many of those. No. and I don't think it's been re... I think it's been re-released, but... Uh... Anyway, yeah. so,
0: Mark, I've got this one, uh, and there's another one I picked up a couple of years ago that um, it was both directions at once, something called The Lost Album, and I can't quite remember the story, but there's, a, there's an album that he recorded back in 63, and I think the tapes only surfaced in, in 2018, so they were remastered and, and released, but basically from one of the all-time music greats to have uh, another album unearthed of his and, and re-released, and it's just magical.
3: Yeah, yeah, here, here. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Let's move on to to your next
2: one
3: then. Yeah. Hi, I'm Johnny Cash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so me, Johnny Cash boy.
3: Yeah. So uh, I once again I, I was a late developer when I came to Johnny Cash. I never I thought when he when I was younger I thought that likes of him and Dylan all oh, the can't sing. I, I was very picky about my Choice of, of vocals when it came to bands and individuals, um, almost like a pitch perfect. But Johnny Cash has this voice that is is, is haunting. It's gruff. It tells a story. He's le- he, you know he's led a life. He I think he exaggerated it slightly. You know about being in prison um, because when he went to prison, it wasn't for anything major. Um, every you know you would think he was in there for manslaughter or or. or <laughs> Murder or something like that, but it was it, it was a, a minor felony, as they say in the states. Uh, I love photos the prison, and it reminds me a lot of when I used to go on lads' holidays with a bunch of individuals that you will know, <laughs> uh, Mr. Des C, Is who it, we used to your, work with.
0: Your holiday.
3: <laughs> Yeah, my Holland trip to Amsterdam, and and we head over further afield over to the Far East, and we had some really good times, suffice it to say, uh, we did have some great times. But uh, we we used to go to this pub called Drinking Sink, uh in in Amsterdam, just just off the Red Light District. Great pub, uh, a fantastic uh, collection. They had they must have had been streaming Spotify long before we even knew about it, and they had pool tables and what have you. Uh, And and we just, we spent a lot of our time there, but there was one guy in our company and he was just a diehard, um, you know, he he wouldn't deviate from the likes of you 2 Simple Minds. And he hated anything that was off at a tangent, like uh, Johnny Cash. And the other guy we used to play incessantly was um, Dean Martin. So the pub became known, uh, as it's nom de guerre, was uh, Dino Martino's. We'd call a Dina, you know, let's go to Dina Martino's just to piss this other guy off because we'd go there and um, the barman and the barmaid loved us because obviously we, we spent a lot of money on beer and we loved our music and we would play until the cows came home. We would play Dean Martin and we would play Johnny Cash and eventually at the end of the night we'd all corral around them and sing Folsom Prison Blues and, and this album just reminds me of those times. Uh, it reminds me of just having a, a rare out of time uh, corralling around one poor lad from Glasgow and singing Folsom Prison Blues to him as he went in a huff and buggered off back to the hotel.
0: So, right. Uh, he, yeah,
3: he's, and, and Johnny Cash himself, I mean, what a character. And, uh, you know, Sue Carter and, and, and that love story that they had. And, and of course, it was... It was um, put onto the big screen with um, Walk the Line, Joke and Phoenix, and I think Reese Witherspoon. Correct. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, I think it actually showed that particular concert, in, or it, it was either that or Life at San Quentin, and he's banging the tin cup. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the boys. Correct. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an album I get absorbed in. I'd listen to and just imagine, well, you wouldn't want to imagine you're there. Maybe as one of the wardens of <laughs> the band members, but not necessarily in the audience.
0: It's banter in between the songs, isn't it? When he's talking, and yes, he's obviously got yeah. a rapport with them, as you said. Maybe not earned by by having done hard time, but they 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 loved him, didn't they?
3: Yeah, and, and who else would would dare play a prison? True. Uh, I can't I can't think of anyone else. Can you? You probably can't. Mm.
0: No, I can't, but I can recall when I used to play for a table tennis team when I was in my early 20s, and it was rather strange when we used to play um, the, uh, the, the prison warders, uh, youth offenders, and for their home matches, that we'd be playing in the prison. It's crazy. <laughs> in those days, there was no, no real control around who came in and who came out. It was uh, probably a little bit more um, HMS Slade and Porridge.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and fled oh.
1: Fletcher. <laughs> well i don't think uh moving on from johnny cash then if everyone's done i don't think johnny mitchell went to prison did she
3: she didn't but i would have gone to prison for her oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah
1: so you've she, got one great choice.
3: yeah yeah uh, i mean you can't fault this uh we, we've spoken i think in the first our first uh wind yeah. up podcast to the top 100 we spoke about some great individual female artists and she blazed a trail with this album yeah it's uh it's it's iconic everyone you know i, I think people who love, love their music will look at this album and say yeah that's joey mitchell blue you know they, they, it's instantly recognizable however a lot of people don't listen to the album and once you do that's it. You're in a different world. It's heavenly. It really is. Her voice is. It's up for me. It's like Alison Krauss. It's very distinct, unique, um, powerful, and could could take tears to a stone. It's so beautiful, graceful, and powerful at the same time. And uh, lovely songs like um, "Little Green" and "All I Want" on that album.
2: Chelsea yeah. uh, morning on
3: that. Say it again. Chelsea Morning, that Joni Mitchell. Chelsea Morning is, it is no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: Johnny Mitchell, maybe it's not on that. I don't think it's on album. I think for me River is sort of my favourite track on that album by a long way. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. There's
3: California, All I Want, My Old Man, Little Green.
0: Yeah. I think what she which one brings... do
3: you which one do you like to? Oh, sorry, there. Sorry, sorry. sorry, which one do you like? Which one, Darren?
1: Oh, sorry. What? But I like River. River is beautiful. River.
3: Yeah. And it helps that she's Canadian as well. Another
1: Canadian in my
3: in my list.
0: And if I remember rightly, she grew up and she didn't really have any musical influences. She had to pick up a guitar, taught herself how to play, started singing yeah. herself. She she plays. Unusual open chords because it's all very unique to her the, the way she does everything, which makes her stand out from the crowd as well.
3: Yeah, 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 love it.
2: Which is good. That's well, on her second album, Cloud. Right, right. Oh. Yeah.
3: Oh. yeah, I was, th- I was thinking because I was I was puzzled there with that one.
1: Yeah, I didn't remember. Hang on. Yeah.
0: Has anyone re- watched those? Um, I think it's a couple of documentaries or two part documentary, isn't it, on Laurel Canyon?
3: Um, no. No. So uh, I've still go on. No, I'm sorry, I've still watched that cube the
0: cameraman. Oh. Mm. I'm start racking up. You, you it's lockdown. What are you doing with your time? <laughs> <No.
3: laughs> <laughs> I actually I'm taking a note of it now. What what's it called?
0: Um there's one called Laurel Canyon. So well I think right. if, so that covers that sort of period in the sixties where you had all of these people in in uh, around Laurel Canyon, California, it's, it has a reputation because of all of the basically the hippie people there. And you've got Cosby Still and Nash and you've got obviously Joni Mitchell, James Taylor, the there was Bob Dylan's through there and they're all you know, they're all together in the partying, drinking. Living together, uh, so there's a lot of crossover between the the, the different artists that you have there, but it's also a Genesis for a lot of that music, you know, singer songwriting music. We'd probably describe it and, and folk music. So that's definitely worth watching, where so you can get to see
3: how they're all connected. Excellent. Crosby, Stills and Nash. It's uh, one of their birthdays today. Uh, yeah. The guy who was in um, the Yardbirds. Nash wasn't it?
0: Graham Nash. Graham
3: Nash, yeah. Or, or was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it wasn't. It was David Crosby. Crosby, which one was in? I'm sure, there was one in
1: the Yardbirds. Oh, now you're asking us, testing our knowledge.
2: Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. my time. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Which no, was? No, the bir- not the Yardbirds. He was in the Birds. The Birds, the you birds. know, um, Tambourine Man. That's what yeah. he was. Because there was oh, a guy yeah. who, who was in the Birds with him. Who wished him a happy birthday? But he, he um, I think David Crosby, he's a bit prickly, and uh, he he um, barred him on Twitter. So, <laughs> so this guy said, "Oh, very happy birthday to my, my friend who's banned me on Twitter." Uh, it was Crosby. Great memories of the birds. It was.
0: Wow. it was Crosby in there?
3: Yeah, it was David Crosby. Mm-hmm. There you go. Just a piece of useless information for today, there, lads. <laughs>
1: It's all good to know. It's all good to hear. uh, What have we got next? The Kick Inside? Oh, right. Well, I
3: had I had uh, Kate Bush, Hounds of Love. Oh, did you? Oh, but The Kick kick Inside, that's, uh, yeah, Wuthering Heights and that. Yeah, Yeah. that would be absolutely my my favourite Kate Bush album. Um, 17 years of age and coming out with some phenomenal stuff. Uh, kick Inside, easily easily, my favourite Kate Bush album um, a close second would have been Hounds of Love but Wuthering Heights is you know you talk, talk about a top 100, it, it'd be in my top 10 favourite songs wow. uh, of all time, it's just beautifully written uh, the melody to it as well is haunting and unforgettable It's like, that came out when I was 4 years old and I remember it you know it's it's weird that i remember songs in my youth like bohemian Rhapsody and Wuthering Heights um and she's she's so beautiful as well and and she's quite a recluse oh, yes,
0: uh, has been.
3: yeah yeah always husband and you know the well, um, chapel's favorites yeah,
2: yeah
0: you know that um, this got made because it um i don't think there was a family connection uh, there with dave Gilmore so he ended... Oh, is there? So he provided sort of, uh, the, sort of the, the backup and the support, which partly explains why you've not only got a you know, a, a very good record, but great production quality, the musicians. Uh, so as you say, for a 17-year-old, it's pretty much unheard of to have something of this yeah. this caliber uh, making it. Yeah. Up. But my, my, my favorite song, actually, in yeah.
3: that album, yeah. if, you take, if you take Wuthering Heights out of it, um, the man with the child in his eyes oh. is is one of the, one of the most beautiful ballads I think ever written. And
0: not seventeen-year-old who would sing that, or not not conventionally.
3: Not conventionally, no. I think she was ahead of her years. I really do. It's such a mature. I mean, to to think that she wrote that at the age of seventeen it's it's like somebody in their late twenties, early thirties who's had their heart broken several times and sees the inner workings of a man and you know this this emotion behind that song it's um
0: yeah i I remember her being interviewed on what had been capital radio the roger scott show back in the day so when i should have been doing my homework or listening to music Surprise, surprise! Um, and even then, you know, as a seventeen-year-old—you could hear she was seventeen-year-old, but the words she was using, the, her syntax, uh, the, the way she was yeah. describing things was was mu- mature beyond her years, for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, um, i have actually met her a couple of times. Uh, when I say met her, um, stopped in a, in a form in a former job. Um, right. I served her. <laughs> She, she used. She lived in Hampstead, and she used to come into the branch where I worked. Um, so I did serve her a couple of times, and of course you had to phone up and uh, process to phone the other branch to, to see if it was okay to cash the cheque. Have you got identification? Yeah, I think I know Kate Bushes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but
2: she was very, very pleasant, no airs or graces. You know, very timid. Um, this was probably between maybe 1982 and 1984. Um, just very pleasant and lovely to serve. And yeah. I've actually, only after you said, you know, Weathering Heights, you'd think, um, you know, that's obviously one of, one of her biggest hits. But when she played live a couple of years ago, she never sang that. No. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, she was great in concert. And yeah. actually, um, I have heard a rendition of um, uh, "Man with a Child in His Eyes," but not sang by Kate. Right. Sang in my mate's my mate's front room, in front of a uh, an audience of seven, by Hue and Cry. Oh wow!
1: Ah,
2: amazing. Pat Kane. Pat Kane. <laughs> uh, Pat Kane. Trump's So, uh, yeah, but it was a lovely song, and he sang it really well. How did
1: they manage that? Yeah, how did they manage
2: that, Hugh and Cray in the front room? Well, what happened was uh, my friend Steve, um, he uh, entered a competition. Um, Well, basically, what it was, if you bought this um, very expensive um, box set that they had at the time, Hugh and Cray, it was something like 100 quid i yeah. couldn't afford it at that time if you or if you ordered it you got put in a drawer for Hugh and cry to come around and play live at your house <laughs> That's and so he won it and uh it was basically um yeah um um steve his wife angela their two kids and me uh, my daughter and my wife julie and uh, basically they they turned up with a roadie wrap uh, he's set up um uh you know the keyboards and microphone and they did a bit of a sound check and then um uh, they they went into the kitchen and uh, there they were you know having some sandwiches and as greg came with a mouthful of uh sandwich saying what what do you want us to play and he was writing out the set list (laughs) that (laughs) was We played about six or seven songs uh, and obviously, at the end, you know, looking for Linda, he wanted everybody to join in with that. But yeah, oh, it was such a sur- you know that, that, that you know after that, then they sat down for about half an hour, signed everything that we put in front of them, okay. um, and they were such you know great fun. And and then off they went. It was surreal. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I
3: like I like Pat Kane. I follow him on Twitter. He's an interesting character. He's yeah. He's, um, He's very political. He, ha- oh, yeah. he has a, a viewpoint on, on the Scotland and Scottish independence and, 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 well, especially things going on right now. But, hey, it's a music show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're well, going back, just to finish off with Kate Birch, actually, I think she lives not too far from David and I, I believe, down on the coast. And I was working down there last year and I was in a pub just having um, I was sitting on my own like a Billy Nomates because I was working away, having my meal. And they were chatting at the bar. The landlord and a couple of customers said, Oh, Kate might be in tonight, blah, 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 blah. And they were talking chatting away. And I said the more they spoke, I thought, they've got to be talking about Kate Bush. And it turns out she goes to this pub for her dinner once a month. Oh. But she wasn't in that night, sadly.
3: <laughs> oh br- brilliant. Um yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a house down there is called Wuthering Heights. Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> I'm, imagine, imagine how twee that would be if you were up, Oh, where does Kate live? Wuthering Heights, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can, I, I can imagine though, um, <laughs> like like all great artists who have one particular song, whether it's um, Wuthering Heights or Stairway to Heaven, or you know, I, I, to a lesser extent, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen play it all the time. But yeah. They'll have one song that they just point blank refuse to play live okay. gig because okay. <laughs> it's, it's some, you know, they, they just want to deviate from that. They want you to listen to their other music.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get bored of them,
1: don't
3: they, I think? Yeah. That list. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, it's every time. We, we went to, um, two years ago, uh, so, so, actually, what about this time last year? Uh, the the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, Dave Chaplin and I. We always we, we we get a day together, and we block out three or four shows. And t- together, combined over the four weeks, Dave and I will probably notch up about twenty shows over the Fringe. I'm missing it terribly this year. Really am. Uh, but we went to see a Kate Bush tribute act in the Voodoo, uh, the Voodoo Rooms above the Cafe Royal. You know, on, just oh, off oh, St. Andrews yeah, Square. On yeah. And uh, she was fantastic. Um, but I think. Dave's jaw was slightly dropping the floor because, um, do you remember when Kate Bush she she wore uh, it was almost like a, a painted on leotard, uh, mm-hmm. and there was there was very le- little to <laughs> left to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Well, this lassie anyway who was doing the Kate Bush act had exactly that outfit on, and uh, Dave was sitting on the outside seat, and uh, I thought he was in some kind of trance for the best part of an hour, but. Uh, he, <laughs> He tipped her heavily at the end.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I bet he did. It was it was a
3: free, it was a free show, and uh, you know it was um, you know you could put in an arbitrary amount, right. and uh, I think I, I think he fired her a score. Wow,
2: well, that impressed. Well, worth it. No, she's well, worth a great it. artist, and um, yeah. you know that you know that you know, her last album, um, not the live one, but Ariel, I love that. That's a, an excellent um, two, two, double LP, but it's yeah. worth listening to. Have you got that as well, Mark? No,
3: and that is actually one that Dave Chappell recommended to me. Um, Ariel, um, brilliant. He said he
2: said that's his, it's probably his favourite. Yeah, it's good. Well, Hounds of Love for me but as a favourite, but um, Ariel is good as well.
0: I think I've got six albums. I haven't got that one, but it's on the list to pick up.
2: Yeah. Well, you can pick them all up pretty cheap now because you know, obviously a few years ago, she brought out the box sets. Like um, There was uh, four, four sets of albums. Um, that when they came out originally, they I think I paid about 80 quid for them. But you can pick up these sets now. Um, I think the first five albums, you can pick up for about 40 quid. You know, they're remastered on uh, Fish Fish Music. I think she, her own le- label is called okay. Fish People. Yeah, I, I think so you I'm need to, to get, those
0: up. Yeah, I think you just need to maybe listen to those remasterings. I've got a friend of mine, Paul, who um, he heard some of them, and he said he definitely preferred the originals. Oh right, uh, and I also That's like, uh, yeah, I also love like Fifty Words for Snow that
2: album. Oh yeah. That is lovely, some lovely tracks on there, um, and some unusual contributions as well. Yeah, um, not just Stephen Fry. Robbie, Robbie Train thinks on it. Mm. Yeah. So Robbie Coltrane's I'm on I'm sure Robbie Coltrane's on it. Yeah.
0: I'm sure he's on it. Yeah. Seems sure seem to remember yeah. I, someone we knew, Scott McClellan, didn't he? meet him once? Um at Edinburgh Airport waiting for a bag or Glasgow.
3: <laughs> well believe it.
1: Yeah. So next on the list then, it's um, yeah. a band that actually my um uh, my father-in-law, uh, when he was alive, bless him, rest in peace, got me into this band, got me to start something to them. It's the Kinks. Yeah, well, what really
3: can you see it Yeah, you <laughs> see the Kinks. In <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for me the outstanding, the the one that rises to the top, the kinks, and there are so many, so many songs, and, and they span over decades. Uh, Ray Davis is, is uh, he's one of those, uh, he's a genius that came out of the sixties, born out of the sixties. Uh, the album is Village Green Preservation Society, mm-hmm. bit of a mouthful.
2: Yeah,
3: and uh, I love it. I just love it, and, and it doesn't have any of the. Uh, The really famous songs that uh, the Kinks are uh, known for. Uh, But there are songs that just, you you imagine yourself in the village green, don't you? Like, um, God Save Strawberry Jam. (laughs) And and then you have this really posh uh, chap singing Big Sky. And (laughs) I love it. It's very home counties. And it's... But there's a lot of pretense there as well. Uh, it's bombastic. It's daring. It's different. It, it it breaks the mold. When you look back at even Beatles albums, um, they went down some kind of psychedelic pop line. The Stones were still holding on to their kind of folksy,
0: or bluesy or blues or blues sort of background.
3: Similar. Yeah, with, with, with like Zeppelin did similar. But the Kinks were just out on their own. With, um, almost like blur, they, they tried to break the pop mold, uh, and cleverly so. And Ray Davis is the guy behind that. I I do have favourite songs in the Kinks. I love Waterloo Sunset. Of course. I love Lola. Yeah. Um, I love Victoria. Uh, so many, but this is my favourite album. Good
2: choice. Thank I've you. I mean, today I. I... Didn't realise that they've written "Stop Your Sobbing." Oh,
0: right.
2: Tenders track, yeah, um,
0: or not as a. Case I didn't was.
2: know that. So, and, um, it's one of the albums that's in HMV exclusive day. I was looking at the tracks, and it's uh, "Stop Your Sobbing." Right. I've never heard the Kinks version. No, yeah.
0: I have that, It's almost a, it is sad, isn't it, that they're perhaps not mentioned in the same breath as the. Uh, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. When talking about yeah. you know the influential bands of the '60s, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And they were influential. My mum and dad didn't like them at all. I don't think they liked them at all. You know, I used to stick on Kink's stuff, and I, I remember years ago in, in my teens, I had a Kinks tape. It's just a compilation, you know, one of those Decca or mm. you know, you get them yeah. in Woolworths. You get yeah. these weird compilation tapes, and uh, they had all the great songs on, it, but. Mm. I mean,
0: a moment not maybe, I, maybe I, too I, English.
3: Have... Possibly. You know, possibly, okay. yeah. Village yeah. Green
0: Preservation Society. I, I guess yeah. if you're in your new area, yeah. you, you don't really want to be reminded about the uh, uh, <laughs> the people over the water. <laughs> no, know, well, that's,
2: that's a good yeah, point. But...
3: Yeah, they, they, they were quite apolitical, though. I mean, in, in their defence, they were quite apolitical. But I think... There would have been allegiances more towards my dad he, he liked Roy Orbison, presley he liked the who uh bit of a bit of a strange one uh mum liked everything i mean as i said before in, in in our first interview uh she was the one that really got me into music and film yeah. in a big way and she had such an eclectic uh taste yeah
0: excellent well i suggest we move on we got uh, two by the same band coming up next
3: oh yes and I don't even have, I was going to put my Led Zeppelin t-shirt on today, but yeah, Led Zeppelin. I just think, oh, what can you say? What can you say? The gods of rock, uh, uh, arguably, I, I think so. Um, they, I've read so many biographies on them and they were an absolute shower of talented Muppets. They really were stuff that they got away with. Led Zeppelin 3 is one of the two that I've chosen because... It's, um, it's more folksy and mm. acoustic than the other albums. Led Zepp's one and two, uh, very hard rock with a wee bit of influence of folk. Uh, Led Zeppelin three, on the other hand, it, it bursts out with the Immigrant Song. Everybody knows the Immigrant Song. You know, uh, I come from the land, it was the land from the ice and snow. Valhalla, I am coming. It's just,
2: mm-hmm.
3: wow, it blows your eardrums. Then you have celebration day. It's at a similar pace. And then it goes into friends. The side B of the album is it's much more melancholy. You've got tangerine friends. Uh, you've, you've you've got Bronyar Stomp, which I believe is named after a, a cottage in Wales. And then I think hats off to Roy Harper's in that one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's a great album. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. Since I've been loving you, is and if it's if you get the digitally remastered one, you can hear the squeak on the hi hat when John oh. Bonham's playing along on the drums. So listen, listen out for that on the on the digitally remastered one.
0: Yeah, I've got it. So it's I mean, it's very hard. You've you've managed to pick two very hard to tease these out. As you said, there's quite a difference in styles through their um, through their catalogue on there, and yeah. uh, d- d- probably fair to say that what you would choose might depend on the day and the mood.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if I was chilling out on a Sunday afternoon, as I said before, wee bit of jazz, a bit of classical, um, but I, I'd, I'd put this one on, I'd put side B on anyway. Uh, I'd, give, I'd, I'd probably stick Immigrant Song on after coming off a pretty crap meeting with somebody <laughs> at work. um it's yeah i I love it and the the album cover itself is phenomenal
2: it's yeah uh, i've got the shiny yeah that's physical graffiti you have there yeah i was actually given this um while somebody was getting rid of all their vinyl and i just found um what looks like the original review from nme
0: all right nice Oh
2: that's nice. Nice
1: burner. Uh, inside nineteen December nineteen seventy four. Yeah Stone one where you slip the nice outer cover off and the windows the windows yeah. Strips, they? yeah, really nice.
2: I think this is an original pressing.
1: So, um,
3: Mark, this is
0: your do, other do choice.
2: The, oh yeah, it is.
3: Just just before we go on to that other choice, um the the inner sleeve of the Led Z album for those of us who are listening on podcasts um it's quite (laughs) difficult to to, to see it but uh, it's it's called a volvel and and you basically rotate it and it shows you different pictures through the holes in in, in the front of the album and uh, that's another thing that sets vinyls out from tapes and cds you can't do that with a tape or cd with the Hmm. album that's another reason why you should have it in your collection. I'm sure. So, yes, apologies,
0: David. Uh, uh, Yeah, physical graffiti. So, um, unfortunately, the, the, the listeners won't have seen um, the cover that Alan was showing everyone. But <laughs> but it does, it, yeah. it's only, it, it's one of the more easier ones to remember.
3: So, right. I'll give you a point for where the photo was taken of the physical graffiti, and I'll give you 10 points if you can tell me the street. Oh, what a
1: great question.
0: Um, New New York, Chicago, one of those two.
3: It is New York.
0: Yeah. And I do remember this, because the wall's still there, isn't it? The the road is still there. Yeah,
3: it is indeed. I was there in uh, 2011. Am I going, what's this? It's Lower East Side. Uh, just down from the United Nations. Oh. Uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll, give, you oh, yes, I'll yeah. give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. If you associate the likes of myself and uh, Venice and a name and a saint, <laughs> <laughs> uh. saint, saint, Ma- saint, uh. saint Saint Mark's Place. Saint Mark's Place. I'll tell you the story. So I was with a, a good friend of mine, Laura, Laura Gilmore, and. Uh, Laura and I were a bit bored uh, and single as well. Um, well, Yeah, we would have been back then. And uh, we decided, what are we going to do? So one night we we thought, let's go to New York. Uh, And I had been there in 2009 for the first time. (laughs) You do. So we hit, as you (laughs) and we we got this really cheap deal with the Virgin at the time. And it was three, four nights in New York, and we went over for St. Patrick's Day. So it was a win-win. Anyway, on the final day, we were we, we just about had enough of each other. And Laura said, look, I'm going to go to the Guggenheim. And I said, well, there's somewhere I've got to go. It's been in my head for ages. I'm going to go visit the front cover of the Led Zeppelin album, Physical Graffiti, yeah. as you do. And she's like, all right, knock yourself out, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to this. Uh, I got a, uh, a yellow cab down to uh, the Lower East Side. And it's, it's it's not the most welcoming of areas uh, for tourists. But anyway, I walked down and I saw this guy and he was, shall we say, he, he wasn't quite all there. Um, I think he, he he was either on the Space Cake or the Wacky Backy. And I say, said to him, excuse me, sir, I'm looking for um, the building um, where where Led Zeppelin took this very famous, iconic photograph uh, for, for one of their albums man, I don't know. I don't know. He says, "Oh, but my, my friend might know." I'll call him on the cell phone. So he calls us. This guy, his mate, and his mate said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he he put the phone down and he said, "Yeah, it's just right there. I was standing literally right in front of it across the road." And if you cross the road, there's a little kind of like um you know, shop that sells dream catchers and,
0: oh.
3: uh, you know all these stones that heal you, called physical graffiti. And I got a photo from this complete stranger who. Took my quite expensive point-and-shoot camera, and uh, for a to him, he didn't run away. But I, I don't think he was in any physical state to run away with uh, it. He took a couple of photos. Of me sitting on the steps of uh, of that building, which is the Physical Graffiti album. So there's the story.
1: Awesome. I've
3: wasted about ten minutes of your lives with that. <laughs> so great story as well. But but this album is uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely a favourite. I think this was their last great album before they they went a bit cramp with Coda and uh, I, I you know it's debatable whether In Through the Outdoor is a great album. But I think this was their last Belter. Um it had, you know, trampled on the foot, Cashmere nobody's fault but mine. Yeah. Oh no, it didn't have nobody's fault but mine. It had um Custard Pie on it, right. a Boogie for mm-hmm. Stew. Just wall to wall. Brilliance. Cannot fault it.
1: Nice,
0: and good in, choice. Of... And in terms of style, it was different again, isn't it, from Led Zeppelin Three?
3: Yeah, completely. It's a pure, pure hard rock album. Yeah. And it—it it, it was this want. It was just this wanton display of—they—they um, uh, they didn't care at this stage. They knew that they—they conquered the world and uh this this album would have uh i think demonstrated that through through the music they didn't care what they wrote but what they wrote was was sheer brilliance i think it, it came out it came out on the i think this was the first album on the swan song label right? yeah i, I
2: was it, gonna say that mark um it's, yeah it's, i yeah, thought i'd saw it on the, you know, through the outdoor but it's definitely on this
3: yeah yeah and it's it's just i don't know about you guys but the songs on it are uh I can't, th- my favourite, I've jogged my, my memory, is 10 Years Gone. Right, yeah. So yeah. it's a song It's a song that folk don't hear. And if you had a, you know, you have these re-releases, Led Zepp releases of their greatest songs. You've got Stare to Heaven, Immigrant Song, Black Dog, Rock and Roll, a lot yeah. of stuff off the Led Zepp 4 album. You don't hear songs like 10 Years Gone or And that's a belter. It's
0: because there are so many though, isn't it? That's the only reason. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely,
0: completely agree with you on that. Um, so, so that's good. What about anyone else? Would yeah. they have put what other albums would they have put picked? If they I, were, I think
2: I'd they? have put definitely four. I must admit, I haven't got one, two, three, right? Um, oh, <laughs> I just, I just always yeah. thought I'd want to spend my money on something else. You know, sort of. You yeah. know, but yeah. it's, I know the you know there's some great music on it uh on you know all those those albums but you know i've got hopefully i've got time to go back and check out the that but i'm i i love i love led z4 it's one of the nicest bits of vinyl i've got yeah um and um yeah i remember uh warner brothers uh back in towards the end of the 70s they started bringing out classic albums in. They were doing it then. They, they brought them out in colour vinyl. And I've got a lovely lilac vinyl um, of that one. Uh, so, yeah, I love Led Set for, uh, Yeah. A lot of stuff on
3: that was Page and Plant. And I think John Paul Jones came into his own later. You, you can see it here becoming more uh, synthesised. So the, the song that I... I said spoke about their nobody's fault but mine that's off the presence album i came out a few mm. years album a few years later it's very it, it, and that's when they start drifting into this synthesized era when page and plant aren't as prolific in the song in, in the songwriting mm. led Zeppelin for those uh their our resistance it really was that's,
0: that's good and darren yourself
1: yeah, I, I can't vote those two choices to be honest. I've got I think I've got four or five albums and I would have gone Physical Graffiti I think is my favourite to be fair. And three would have got in there. Four again, like Alan said, great album, but yeah, I think there's a couple of brilliant choices. Yeah, So yeah. that's good. So I think that let, let,
0: let's move on then. So next one's also another classic album.
1: It's
0: the Love Forever Change.
1: I'm intrigued about these next two because it sounds like uh, I should know it, David, but I don't know these next two albums. So Me neither. I'm looking forward to this.
3: Okay,
0: Love Forever Change. I can't remember who recommended that. It might have been um,
2: Ian. Ah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, Is that the guy who owns the record store?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I apologize, Ian, if you're That's listening. right, I've seen it.
2: uh Cambridge. Yeah. I, yeah. Cambridge Way, yeah. Um, the only track I, I've got the album, and the only track that really sort of strikes the mind, I've got I've got it on CD, is um, Alone Again All. Right, yeah. Um, I think that's on that one, which was covered by Calexico. All
0: oh, right, which would have been a lot more downbeat. Uh,
2: uh, so, yeah, Yeah. It's, it's Arthur Brown, isn't it? Arthur Lee. Arthur Lee that's it Arthur Lee
0: Arthur, Lee. Arthur, uh,
2: Brown's, uh, is a Arthur, Arthur Brown I've seen other characters character in the fast show it's one of those um go on it's one of those um al- those albums which is um I think you were there when it was originally released you'd be going wow you know peace man I, um, yeah, I, I think but yeah yeah um, I've definitely got it on CD, but it's not one that I've picked out and played again and again. Um, I think you probably should because, and I'm, I have been looking for it on vinyl because uh, I know it was released a few years ago on red vinyl, I think. But it goes for like silly, mu- silly money now. It might have been white vinyl because the album's white the album covers, white, I think. Um, yeah, worth checking out. Just checking
0: out in terms of credentials, um, in one of the Rolling Stone, the forever top, top 100, 500, so in one of the top 500 lists they, they released, it was number 40.
2: Mm. Um, no, it's up, it's you know, it's up there. I, I, again, there's, there's so much to listen to, um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out.
0: Certainly, give it a listen. Yeah, and it, yeah. obviously the, the the logo on there is is very, whoever was suggesting, is very hippie style, but yeah. the, the music is, is well worth listening to. And the, uh, the next one, Lucas Nelson and The Promise of the Real, um, and the album title, saying, Darren, that was recommended by your ex-sister-in-law, by Sarah Young. Uh, right. Yes, I still
1: haven't listened to it, Sarah. Sorry about that. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> son of oh. Willie. Yeah, that's right. Of course it was. Yeah, definitely so,
0: listening to that. Uh, so yeah, and and my Claire's listened to it. Uh, she listens to it. I think she's downloaded it onto a on a, on a Spotify. Um, so it's still in in the country mold, but a lot more contemporary view of it. So I've listened to it. It's a good album. If, if he was touring uh, and coming anywhere near to us, I'd definitely go and see him. So yeah. So I think Mark, one for you to to listen to and and seeing as how you got his dad a bit later on in the list.
3: hmm I did a deed, Stardust, yep.
0: Sorry, yeah, but I, plot spoiler sorry. there.
3: Oh! <laughs> sorry, but I haven't even started on the line.
0: So <laughs> right. I just had to take that button that says explicit where the podcast gets released. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, so that, that, that's one for, for Darren, you and I have to have a chat about at some point. So at least you can say yep. something to Sarah. I'm sure she won't listen to this, so you can tell her <laughs> how good you thought it was.
1: Yeah, no, she's pretty busy. I'm sure she's doing other things. <laughs> Brilliant. So so, um, so this is the one that I think I said in an email a long time ago, Mark, that I had a bit of a problem about this one, but let's go to you first. So we've got <coughs> Matt Preachers, Everything Must Go. Yeah,
3: I, I think, once again, it conjures up a memory for me. Uh, I yeah. didn't realise that this was their first or sorry, their fourth album, yeah. I, I actually thought it was their first. I had never heard of them before that. And no. forgive me, any Manic fans out there who who are you know, spitting feathers at me saying that. <laughs> uh, this came out, I think, about 95, 96, which would have been my second or third year at, at, at Dundee. And I was having a rare old time. And uh, I, I just think it's, you know, the, the Welsh have produced some great bands, stereophonics. Uh, I put the Mannix up there as well. Um, Shirley Bassey. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right, okay. I, I, maybe I should start uh, having a, a glass of wine. I, I really like this album. I like the title song. Kevin Carter as well. Australia, uh, Design for Life. I, I just think it's a, a bit of an all-round belter, you know, getting it on and getting it loud. Nice. I'd love to hear why you don't like it, Darren.
1: Um, Yeah, no, it's not that I hate the album at all. I think it's a really, really good album. But I think it's, as you said, it was your first kind of introduction to the Mannix. Whereas mine was, I think, probably 1991 when Generation Terrorist came out. And I saw them at the Lemon Grove in Exeter. Um, And they were raw. They were really raw. Um, Just getting it together as a band, really. They'd not done a lot beforehand. Uh, And that is a great album. Not their best, I don't think. For me, uh, I don't know if you've heard The Holy Bible. That was the
3: album before that, Everything Must Go, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, not very well received at all at the time. It's rich, it's dark, and it's clever, and it's political. Um, for me, that's up there with their best. Uh, but this is a bit of a weird choice. Uh, but I don't know if you can see this one here. It's called Journal for Plague Lovers. Mm um. This, time, oh, yeah. this is even newer. This was only a couple of albums ago. And it's, um was written with all Richie Edwards' lyrics after he was declared dead. They found um, a treasure oh, trove of lyrics that he'd left. And when he was actually declared to be dead once and for all, they then got access to these lyrics. And this whole album was written with Richie's lyrics, which is the only al- Manix album that that ever happened on. And it's really, really good. Again, it wasn't very critically received, but um so for me that's my best. Then Holy Bible, then everything must go. I'll give them a listen. Yeah. Just just yeah. like
3: just like I, I um gave you the, the joyous Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dog Cryboy, I'll uh, I'll have a listen to those albums.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So no, so it's, it's not that I don't like Everything Must Go, and it's just personal preference, admit mm-hmm. DNA. Totally. But yeah, but yeah, no, give them a try, and I probably I'll, do play, it. I'll probably play everything Must Go again later as well. Good. <laughs> yeah, I
2: th- I think they're the greatest ever Welsh band. There's no doubt. I may maybe man, uh, you know, going back, but you know, in the last 20, 30 years, there's no doubt their song the songwriting is is top notch. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And it- it- it's it- 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 around every corner. You know, there's, there's, you know, political in-writings in into the lyrics and, um, or they'll be quoting some, um, you know, uh, somebody who's, who's written books in different countries and about the struggles that people have in these certain countries and, and that, and, you know, without that, you, you, you would you wouldn't be, you wouldn't know about these things. Um, I love this album. I love this album. Um, most, a few years ago, they, for a HMV exclusive day in two, um, maybe, I don't know, five years ago now, came out with the baby blue vinyl cover. Um, but I love, I love every track on this. And I remember the album at the time, I think because, I'm I think I bought it on CD at the time, and they, they brought out loads of CD singles, but they didn't just bring out just one single. It would be like they would bring out, um, uh, there would be the normal version, and then uh, maybe a live version and some other mm-hmm. non-album tracks, but then there'll be another CD that has orchestral arrangements, and I think the Stealth Orchestra, some... Uh, great rearrangements of these tracks, you know, um, you know, played by symphony orchestras. They sound as though they are, and they're, so they're fantastic. But again, put a different slide on, on you know, listen to the lyrics and that. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love this, and you can play it from, you know, from Elvis impersonator Black Bill Pierre all the way through, you know, to No Surface or Feeling. It's a fantastic album, uh, and I just like the singles. Um, Actually, well, I mean, it's probably about four or five on year. um Certainly, "Designed for Life." Kevin Carter was a single, I think. Uh, yeah. "Everything Must Go." Yeah. Um, uh, Australia was a single. A lot
1: uh, from that album,
2: yeah. Yeah, and, then, and also one of the most, one of their best tracks ever, "The Girl Who Wanted to Be God." Yes. Like, yeah. yeah,
3: I really agree with that, and, and that yeah. one.
2: I, and um, I like.
3: I liked Australia as well. I thought
2: Australia was a punchy, yeah. punchy track. Mm. Yeah. But it's not just that; it's the really clever. I love the design of, the, you know, the, yeah. I love the design of the albums. Anything the Mannix bring out, I just love it. They put so much in it, and I think a lot of it is down to Nicky Wire. Um, he's um, you, know, you see a lot on on. A lot of his own artwork and photographs that he's taken uh, with Polaroid cameras on the Manic Street Preachers albums. Um, uh, Just um, a couple of years ago, he had an exhibition uh, in the um, museum where I'm in the uh, seaside town where I'm from in Wales, Tenby. And I was lucky enough to see the exhibition. Uh, I took pictures of everything, etc. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I was too late to buy any of the original stuff. Um, but I've, I've got a mate who, who actually bought bought a few. Um, I just think they're a really classy band, and, um, and you know, I just love them. They, James Dean Bradfield's got a new album out this weekend. Yeah. Um, I went to get it today, uh, but the HMV didn't have the, uh, the the one with the free seven inch single. And I've also now found out that there's a blue vinyl version. Which is in only, but uh, I, I, I just love, I just love the Manic Street Preachers. It's a uh, you know, the last album as well that, they, that that came out last year, some fantastic tracks on that. They just, um, they've just got a knack for writing. Um, I've seen uh, writing great songs. I've seen them live a couple of times. Um, they give it all they can. Um, they're proud to be Welsh. They, they. They represent the country fantastically, and I can't say enough about this band. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're one of my most watched bands as well. I must have seen them 11 or 12 times, I think. Wow. I've got a couple of 12 inch singles from back in the day signed by the band, including oh, wow. Richie, before Richie killed himself. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really sad. Uh, a few years ago, I was
2: lucky, lucky to pick up. Although I'd collected a lot of um, CD singles, uh, I hadn't got quite many of the early ones, and I was ma- managed to pick up about eleven or twelve of them um, from my local um, store in uh, Letchworth for a pound pound for about ten or 11 CD single. And oh. I'm sure there's at least one of those, which is very very rare, and you know you could get at least fifty quid for. Yeah, really. Uh, they are really
1: collectible.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I love them.
1: Absolutely. Great band. And that brings but us I'm... up to a legendary solo singer. Uh, you who one? would that be? We've got Michael Jackson up next. Michael
3: Jackson, bad. Yeah. I, I cho- yeah. Yeah. I just thought a you all with that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of folk either go for off the wall or they go for thriller which sold something like 20, 20 times platinum yeah or something crazy like that thriller great album there's there's no doubt in that uh, though it was a bit popsy for me you no know, yeah there's there, there are parts of it where he's uh, duetting with Paul McCartney uh, a legend in his own right mm. but I just thought some of it was a bit flimsy dare i say like i think the girl is mine just really absolutely got my tits every time i listened to it uh that was all that odd i believe well bad bad was just a an explosion it was a lot more aggressive yeah Uh, very unlike michael jackson uh you know and every every song had a bit of venom in it uh and um I, I just think, you know, Dirty Diana, um, Speed Demon, Bad, great, just Smooth Criminal, great songs, absolutely brilliant songs. He, and what he brought, he, he brought something different to the party. And everybody remembers the um, the video for Smooth Criminal as well. Uh, and this is, you know, you know, sad about his demise and all the rumours that went with it. But as a, as a musical artist, he was pretty much second to none as a, as a solo artist. Um, it's just just a shame about his, his 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 private life that that you know brought a dark cloud over things, and the, and then his unfortunate demise. Uh, so yeah, I, I've chosen Bad ahead of all his uh, other albums because I think this is where he he became a proper you know the proper king of pop. Mm. You know we thought Filler was a one-off, but then Bad came out and it just blew us all away. in the and the I think it was about eighty-seven.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, It's some fantastic production on here. He obviously had a great team behind him. Um, Quincy Jones. In in terms of arranging stuff and putting it together. um, I think without that, he might not have been the star that he was. Uh But yeah, I I saw Michael Jackson on 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 the Bad tour uh, at Milton Keynes, uh, place I've just been this morning, and uh, yeah, he was it was a great concert. It was a very good concert. Unfortunately, we couldn't go down the front. My wife was pregnant at the time, uh, but yeah, he was he you know all the, the stage stage was fantastic, mm. and um, I really like I really like his music. Um, um, I, my, if i'm honest my favorite album is thriller because i just love that track uh thriller not not for the video particularly um but uh yeah i just i just love just love that um and i've actually got a very rare mexican 12-inch red vinyl of thriller oh wow which <laughs> is very very uh, rare I, I think it's not even on Discourse. It's listed on Discord, but wow. it's never been one for sale. I know. Um, I know there's a green vinyl version of it, of it as well, but, uh, you know, since I don't know if you guys watch that dec- documentary and you know, Megan's is going on a little bit, but the, the documentary about what he's supposed to have done with uh, kids and, and things like that, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I, I can't believe it. Um, but then part of me is saying, well, you know, you can't you know I, you know me i like to whenever i play a record i'll put it on facebook yeah it's my way of you know cataloguing and sharing i'm sharing out for the you know for, for, you know for you know for you know for the for the future and um i feel a little bit i feel a little bit strange about putting a mike jackson album on um yeah. you, know, for, you know for what's been said and Unfortunately, I don't think it'll be proved either way. Um, Never will. There's either been some very clever covering up, or there's some very nasty people out there trying to make money out of him. that um, and I don't think we'll ever really get to the to the bottom of it. Um, so I think his <laughs> yeah. his leg his legacy. Yeah, sorry to coin a phrase, um, but um, I think his legacy has being tarnished. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely agree. Which is really uh, sad, and especially yeah. if it is, uh, you know, t- you know, untrue. Hmm. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. So I don't know yep. what you guys think.
1: Um, oh, completely on the fence. Like you can, you hear both sides. You, you don't want to believe it, and some people yeah. think, oh, actually. But then I think at the end of the day, he was just the kid himself, wasn't he? That's that's my. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. he seems to have you know it's often been said about him, you know, he never grew up himself. No. Probably because of all the protection that he had and you know you know you know, even the Jacksons, you know, when I can remember you know, as a kid watching the Jacksons cartoon. Yeah. and then was, the bl- was it was it in black and white? Uh, no, no, color, colour. <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> it <laughs> Thing. <laughs> you know, obviously, he was with his brothers as well. And then, I mean, obviously, when, when he went solo, I mean, you know, the Off The Wall album, again, is fantastic. But again, yeah. some superb production and arrangers behind all that. Um, he certainly um, was able to, I don't know, whether it was the marketing or managers behind him, management team behind, but they certainly... Managed to you know to get get that team behind. But his songs are fantastic. Uh, it's just a shame. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's...
1: Question for I that. I tickets
0: to a well
1: gig as well. but mm. I tried really hard to get tickets to go and see the farewell gigs he was doing at the O2? Oh, right. Yeah. And eventually managed to get to. I was delighted, and then obviously that didn't happen either. But... Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's I think like... they're trying to mint his. Mint is back catalog because the prices that Sony are charging for like the picture discs that yeah. came out a few years ago, ridiculous. Uh, I don't know who's, what, what what's happening there, but um, yeah, it has been pretty quiet in terms of them churning any uh, uh, you know unreleased stuff. Um, maybe it's a mixture of what you know what's been going on, you know, and other things, and they don't feel it's right to release stuff. But, Perhaps it doesn't actually exist.
1: Um, yeah, Rumours were there was a lot, wasn't
2: there? But. It's um, yeah, it's a shame because you know, unlike you know Prince, where you know the, hit, hit the team, you know, with his estate, they are you know really uh, getting some great stuff released. Um, you know, numerous unreleased tracks and things like that. I'm sure there must be stuff stuff like that with Jackson.
1: There was a single that came out, wasn't there, was it? Was it I want to say it was with Akon or something, something weird like that.
2: And yeah, if, I think I know. There was an album called Michael, wasn't there?
1: Right. Where
2: he was sort of uh, played up like a god. Again, this was all before this non- this stuff came out. I remember buying that. I think I played it a couple of times. Nothing started oh. in on that. No. Yeah. Um, but oh, there must be some like uh, demo versions of his tracks and different arrangements. It must be. Um, yeah, Shane.
1: Okay. And um, David, did you have a question for me? Did you say? I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask if you were Sorry. if you were doing one of your DJ gigs and it's, mm. and it's a kids' gig, and someone asked to play "The Girl Is Mine."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. To be honest, um, I would I wouldn't play that Michael Jackson song anyway at disco. Okay. Yeah, yeah, here, here. My, yeah, I would still play Michael Jackson songs, <laughs> but not that one. What's <laughs> nice. that? Okay.
3: So, do you know something? Here's here's the thing. I mean, one, one of my greatest, uh, you know, the, one of the greatest bands, Grace the planet, Led Zeppelin. We've spoken a lot about them today. See, read some of their biographies. I oh. swear to God, it's that it is criminal. Right? Yeah. So, you know, they go on about these uh, uh, groupies and all the rest of that. The stuff that they get up to was criminal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be it would be classed as that if if what the bi- biographies say are true. So, you know, it's. it's I I think you know I'm, I'm like you, Darren. I, I sit on the fence. Um, he's he's innocent until proven guilty, and the poor man can't defend himself now, yeah. and that's a sad fact of it.
1: Of course.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Let Let's move on to just... some cancel culture. Mm. Cancel um,
1: culture. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: So we'll get get a few more M's out of the way then before we wrap up for this episode. So handing back to you then, Mark.
3: So is it Miles Davis?
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got two of those.
3: Right, okay. So Miles Davis kind of blue. I would say probably uh, a bit like Carlsberg. Oh, it's not beer. The greatest jazz album of all time, I think. Um, There's a track on it called So What? And wow. it actually plays, you know, the, the tune plays like you're actually saying "so what" to somebody. And oh. uh, I, I, I love putting it on, and uh, it's dated. It, it's just, um, I love the kind of the ambling around "Freddie Freeloader," and the great John Coltrane is on this as well. Yeah. He's on tenor sax. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: I, I I love this album. I love it. It's it's a pure, uh, thoroughbred pedigree jazz album. And I could drift away with Blue and Green. It's, oh, it's
0: a absolutely. wonderful try. Certainly for me, there was a period where I was not listening to any jazz. I was almost wired, and I had an aversion to it for a 15-year period for some reason. For every jazz album, except for this one, it has always been a go-to album. Something just to put on and just get lost in it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and you've hit the nail on the head there. Well, we're both said it you just get lost in it you drift away yeah it's something that i, I would listen to you lying on the sofa oh, okay. uh the party the Pop lying beside me and uh yeah lovely sunday afternoon forget about what's coming on monday
2: yeah
3: <clears throat> yeah nice
2: nice
0: did anyone Great pick up one of those jets. hmv releases on the blue vinyl
2: uh no um i would already bought this one um kind of blue um there was some kind of uh you know, a few years back there was um you know when they do these um magazines
0: all oh, right yeah
2: you know and the first version is always cheaper and then yeah it's like silly prices well this was like this the particular first edition um, 4.99 you got the magazine and you got kind of blue well. um uh, for you know for a total of four ninety nine is it on an hour. Bargain. Bargain. So, um, yeah so it's one of those I've bought and it's in the hundred unopened. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't go for it today.
0: Oh, uh, but upstairs. I
2: know and I you know you look know, this upstairs so lots of people um, I know rave about it. Um so again it's one of those one day it'll be open and I'll give it a spin.
0: <laughs> Brilliant <laughs>
3: Messes, that?
2: And then, Mark, Brilliant you've, got
0: another, you've got, got
2: another choice there.
3: Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Polythene Pam, Alan, because <laughs> we haven't opened anything. Uh,
2: well, all my records are sealed. Uh, everyone yeah. is sealed in these plastic things anyway. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, So, so the, 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 the next Miles Davis, uh, Bitches Brew. So once again, I got this through uh, Vinylby, please. And uh, I, I, once again, I, I loved it but it is a complete juxtaposition to Kind of Blue. Mm. It's it's um, at the start of the 70s. It's, there's a very voodoo feel to it, and it's a grower. You really have to listen to it to get into it. It's not your archetypal jazz album uh, like Kind of Blue. It's something more experimental, almost like a concept album, I would say, and I, I love it for that very reason. But it's the polar opposite, I think. Uh, with my uneducated jazz ear, um, I think it's the polar opposite of uh, of kind of blue, and that's why I love it so much. For for Miles Davis to be able to come out and experiment in such a way is all um, credit to his, his
1: talent, his genius. So, can we push you for your favourite of the two, and why? Yeah, yeah, um, kind of blue, right? No
3: doubt, yeah, no doubt about it. Okay. No doubt about it. Um, simply for the time it was set in, um, and, I, I, and you'll never tire of, well, I would never tire of listening to it. I mean, a lot of people are completely put off by jazz <laughs> and, uh, just like some people don't like classical either, mm-hmm. but, um, it would, it would, it would be in my top 50, let alone my top 100.
1: Brilliant.
3: Um, and, and it's almost like the, the, the tunes, like, are talking to you there are no lyrics but so what as an example is literally saying so what so you can almost hear miles davis <laughs> through it all saying so what
1: okay. uh,
3: and, and blue and green is is um i think for me is the masterpiece of the album
1: excellent
0: cool. i'd also first, sorry i'll just i'll just add another one on there i'd also give a shout out for his sketches of spain Okay, right. So this is where he, he went out, or his his wife dragged him along one night to um, a classical concert, but it was, was it Rodrigo's um, concerto. De, I don't know how to pronounce it. Arantius, Aranteres, Aranches, Aranches, mm-hmm. and he came away from that mind blown, and he then recorded sketches of Spain, and he does he does a cover of that. And you can, and it has a very full, full-on Spanish, f- slightly flamenco feel about it. And again, it's another one. It's more accessible than than the other two, I'd say. Um, but it does isn't diminished by that. It's still uh, an absolutely wonderful album, and I'd probably have that as my second after Kinda Blue, and then Bitches Brew. Great. So um, um, I'm I'm
2: look at some yellow, red yellow, red yellow, red
0: yellow, yellow one. color. I think. Oh, there. Yeah, Something yeah, red, that came out. Red yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I think mine's just standard. Oh no. Oh, didn't realise. Yeah, you're right.
3: Yeah. Right, Spe- sketches a Spear that is on the list. Okay. Along with those Manic Street Preacher albums. Fantastic. Oh, was
0: that Sorry. So he's got Mannix. So he's just saying he's got Manics on there as well on his to listen list.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Too bad. So no, we've nearly I mean, M's guy. We've
3: nearly finished the end, so we're, right. we're Nearly there. Yeah, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. What's next night? Uh, Moby. 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 Play. Yeah, it's when I when I first heard, heard Moby, uh, I think I was working behind a bar in the students' union, and um, thought, "What's what's all the fuss about?" Mm. And uh, it's hard to describe. I mean, it's it's almost like a jazz pop electro um, kind of melting pot that is Moby uh, and I just think this work is, is fantastic and it has been overplayed in films and adverts but there's a reason for that and I think the reason for it is so it's so melancholic and addictive it, it latches onto you and you can't shake the sound. Uh, I mean, I love the Born trilogy, um, oh, yeah. but the theme the theme to that is just phenomenal. It's like your man that did Ready Steady Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready Steady Go was that for Collateral? The film Collateral it was a Tom Cruise film, and that was pumping in the background. And mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think yeah, I think Movie plays is just one of those albums that I wouldn't tire of. It it drifts in and out. It's um seriously upbeat one minute and then comes down it's quite laconic in the, the next so yeah it's in there um mm. some people would have put the, the successor to that album but um which the name escapes me but i've got play in because that was his first breakthrough and
1: um, stars was it
3: yeah stars that's the one yeah i
1: think yeah play for me would definitely be the one it's just yeah. it's finally crafted isn't it yeah uh, is it Natural Blues is on that album, isn't it? Where it's got the sampling from, like, a, is it a 1930s folk song, I think? Yeah. And it just, well, it's sublime, it really is. Like, you know, like,
3: why does my heart feel so bad?
1: Yeah.
3: Why? Wow. <laughs> you could sit there and go, you could be in a really good mood. <laughs> and you listen to that and you go, oh, fuck, <laughs> why, why does my heart feel so bad? You know, it's, uh, yeah an album that can change the atmosphere is, is something that is to behold. It's uh, something yeah. that can be so influential on you. And as I said it latches into your brain and you can't get it out right. and you're like, that is really good. I want to listen to that again. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I, love I love it.
3: A very hugely yeah. talented guy. I always yeah. thought he was a breadth, but he's actually I think lower Manhattan. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're um they're very uh, hooky, I think what it the traps, aren't they? yeah he talked about vinyl me please this is a vinyl me please
1: all oh,
2: right Edition. um and this one comes in nice uh look at that Well, turquoise oh, i yeah. like that yeah yeah so this is why didn't. there's a red vinyl version out today for hmv exclusive mm-hmm. day uh that's why i didn't go for it and also because um a few years ago, around about the same time that this came out, they brought out a, a red vinyl version of the of all the B sides, oh, yeah. uh, which is in the the hundred upstairs. Uh, but I, yeah, this is so just so easy to listen to, and uh, again, I think he's just a, a clever guy. Yeah,
3: I think the word the word I used earlier on was laconic. Uh, you know, it's. It is exactly that. Hardly a word used on the album. Um, but it, one segues beautifully into the other, and exactly, it tells a yeah. story without even using a word. Excellent. Really good.
2: This comes with some interesting
3: um, additional guys. For, for all you podcasters out there. Um, some original <laughs>
2: Alan, what are you showing artwork. us, Alan? Um, Have you got trousers on, mate? <laughs> 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 and um and strangely a Moby cocktail. Um, which is inspired by the track Honey. Right. So it's called the ah, Honey Bunny. Okay. <laughs> and, Go on. Um, <laughs> yes, got it, yeah. Um, Everyday is a school day. Republic Restoratives Bourbon. Really? One and a half ounces. Use half Jack- an ounce I... of honey lemon syrup. A quarter ounce of sage-infused simple syrup. And half an ounce of New Columbia Distillers Capital Line White Vermouth. Right. All well, available that, that's... from Asda. You could right. just get those and pick those off the shelf.
3: Yeah,
2: it you? sounds it sounds very kind of
3: Greenwich Village, up your own arse. Oh, it does, not Hipster
0: stuff. It. stuff, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like my cupboards. It's, it is Shake. a fancy Manhattan.
2: Surely it's a fancy you've Manhattan. got sage-infused... <laughs> you must have... We've all got sage-infused simple syrup in our...
1: Oh! oh I've got that. It's the bourbon I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shake with that, it, then pour into a low ball glass.
3: Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you don't fancy that, there's always push in a paper bag. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's basically like it's a vermouth and a bourbon so it's halfway there to being well more than halfway there to be in a manhattan which right. is where he's from isn't
2: it so yeah yeah um
3: but the season it's the simple syrup against gets me uh, i i wouldn't like to pay for the complex one <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that would spoil the flavor yeah
3: simple syrup you know not think he's packed his... this album because he signed he it gets... with an M. You can See all these oh, Canadians, know. you know, sap on their trees, and movie themselves movie. if it's simple, nice. <laughs> so,
2: so, great, I'll, album. Yeah? yeah, available on red vinyl. Uh,
1: Good final choice to end this session.
3: Well done, excellent, excellent, excellent. Good crack as always,
0: guys. We're gonna have yeah, to stay there.
3: on, I will stay on, David. Okay. I'll, I'll not clock off like
0: i think it's a work call that'd be that'd be for our patreon backers they can listen to the bits afterwards
1: <laughs> yeah it's been a pleasure as always guys thank you very yeah. much.
0: thank you very much everyone yeah. join us again um in in a couple of weeks time when we have our next podcast enjoy the rest of your day
2: Same to you, thank guys. you I've got Thanks, some guys i pleasure as got. always generation, they got all that stuff. Get you know that meditation on that FM station, man. Yeah, trouble by some teeny bow.